the search for identity, that which uh, suits best to this uh, real self that you're discovering. If you know yourself well enough, then you discover what you are best suited for, and then that is what makes you happiest, too. Self-actualization uh, means the making real of the inner self, and that means what you love, what you're interested in, what excites you, what fascinates you, and that is the cause outside yourself, which paradoxically then becomes a defining characteristic of the self. Welcome to the Maslow Peak Podcast, presented by Spring State Media Group. I'm your host, Brett Griffin, and our guests today are Nathan and Zung Lewis from Honeysuckle, a YouTube food, style, and natural beauty channel dedicated to gourmet recipes, lifestyle, fashion, and beauty. Honeysuckle has over 300,000 subscribers, the recipes are delicious, and the videos are full of personality. They've partnered with The Honest Company, Starbucks, Crock-Pot, Princess Cruises, the list goes on and on. Honeysuckle can be found on YouTube at Honeysuckle Catering, where their new videos come out Sunday night at 7 o'clock Pacific time. And they can be found on Instagram at Honeysuckle Catering, and their website is HoneysuckleCatering.com. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks. So tell us a little bit about Honeysuckle. How did you guys decide to start doing this? We started off by just uh, being inspired after one of the events that we went to. Um, it was one of those, you know, like cooking demo, arts and craft kind of thing, and there were celebrity chefs there. And I grew up watching like Jacques Pepin, Giada, Yan Ken Cook. So I always wanted to be like, uh, I always wanted to cook like them. So after the event, we went back and Nate said, hey, let's just film a cooking show for YouTube because that was when YouTube started getting really popular. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to our first episode ever, it's, <laughs> I did. it's kind of, it's comical. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it was fun. <laughs> Um, we did like a few episodes. I was working in finance at the time and I really disliked my job, just crunching numbers all the time and just not having that creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was our creative outlet, but it just got too much with work and filming. So I gave it a break. And then once actually I got laid off from my job, we were like, hey, let's maybe get back into this YouTube thing because that was when it was really starting to pick up. And, you know, like Michelle Fun, all these other people were becoming, you realize that YouTube could be a real career Mm -hmm. or you you can make it with YouTube. So we just kind of decided, let's see where this goes. And we started uploading every week since 2012, just doing cooking recipes and it just kind of expanded from there now is this all you guys do is this your full-time work now no i still have a full-time job nate actually does this full-time okay and what what's your day job um i work in the california travel industry so we promote tourism in the state awesome are you are you behind those ads where it's all the celebrities and they're all (laughs) at the beach and all that and they're talking about california yeah, I don't work for Visit California. That's our sister company, okay. but we do collaborate with them a lot. Awesome. Um, just on events and whatnot. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's usually how I tie it together for people. Okay, awesome. So what did you want to be when you grew up? I don't know. I always wanted to own my own restaurant or cafe, 
and I feel like I still do one day, but um, right now I'm kind of loving this YouTube thing. I love just having the connection with our audience and being able to cook different things every time or every week. Originally, we started Honeysuckle Catering, and that's kind of a misnomer because that was when I thought I wanted a catering company mm -hmm. and just to cook all the time, and then I did it with a few friends and realized I am nowhere capable of doing big events or nor do I want to. <laughs> it's a lot of work There's and all weekend, every weekend. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the name kind of stuck because that's what we named our, you know, website and YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to transition that out now, but um, we're not a catering company. Everything is just digital, but yeah, I, I enjoy doing this and hopefully one day I can have like a little cafe or a bake shop. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe the cafe will do catering. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Nathan? What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, I don't know. I think probably an actor. Okay. <laughs> but I do completely the opposite. I'm behind the camera yeah, now. That's what I was going to say. Now you're on a the director. other side. Director. Yeah, there you go. Zung, was there a specific moment or instance when you realized that you loved cooking, that this was what you wanted to do? Oh, I've always loved cooking. I think that was like one of my first hobbies. I grew up with my grandma that was a wonderful cook and she taught me how to cook. And you know, when you're like six or seven, most kids don't really spend time in the kitchen cooking, but that's what I did with my grandma and I loved it. I didn't like cleaning up <laughs> after her, but I loved when she had me like chop things or just like the mise en place, like just getting stuff ready. Yep. The cook I love doing that and um for Vietnamese families we have a we cook with a lot of herbs so I would always be in charge of like prepping the herbs and stuff that wasn't my favorite but it was more fun than doing a lot of other stuff that they made me do so yeah and did you go to culinary school or worked in any restaurants or are no, you I I was a server throughout college at various restaurants a pasta restaurant and like a steakhouse but that was just because I worked for tips and I made more money than if I were to do retail. Mm -hmm. um, but I never went to culinary school. I wanted to, but my parents wanted me to have like um, a real college degree, like in business. In finance, or... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so self and grandma taught. Yeah. Okay. So what's a basic day like for you guys? Well, I have a full-time job, so I do go to work. <laughs> right. Nine to five. Uh, sometimes nine to seven, depending on traffic. But typically, I would do research during the week and just see what I'm inspired to make, what's in season, what the audience have been gravitating to on our channel, and just try to map out what we're going to be filming next. And then sometimes either at night or typically on the weekends is when we film. And based on your views, uh, it appears people really want to know how to make macarons. Yeah. And toast. Yeah. I know toast is having a moment right now. And, uh, yes, it is. Healthy we smoothies, quick and easy stuff. It looks like those are the ones that people seem to be the most interested in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it kind of just matches our lifestyle right now, too, especially since we're about to have a baby. I'm trying to streamline everything and make it as easy as possible for us, yet sharing like the cooking, quick cooking hacks that I've picked up along the way and just uh, help make their lives easier too. As a father of two, uh, you're definitely going to need those quick and easy hacks. So I'll... <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> and congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Now that first recipe that you did was for the shaking beef, uh, mm -hmm. which you renamed the rocking beef. I think that's a, I think that's a better, better name. <laughs> Is that one of grandma's recipes? Is that something you grew up cooking? How was that, you know, the first one? 
Yeah. Um, I think that was just one of our favorite dishes, or at least one of my favorite dishes growing up. And Nate, I actually introduced him to Vietnamese food. When we met, he's never had Vietnamese food prior to that. So it became one of his favorite dishes to eat too. So we're like, what can we make that's easy, kind of connects us, um, and people might like. So I just thought shaking beef would be a really good intro. <laughs> there you go. And when you, you know, when you're at a party or you're meeting someone for the first time, how do you describe to them what it is that you do? Do you say I'm a cook? Do you say I'm a YouTuber? Do you say I <laughs> we host a lifestyle blog? How do you describe your craft to people? I always get really shy about talking about that. It's like, oh, what do you do? Cuz I mean, it's not something that people really get so typically what i say is i'm a youtuber mm -hmm. um and then they go what what do you do on there and then, <laughs> luckily the world of smartphones i can just whip it out and show i make cooking videos and they're like oh but ever since um you know like tasty and taste made came along to do those hands only video it became a lot easier to describe what we do mm -hmm. or since we've been doing this for so long and now it's kind of brought to the forefront where more it's more relevant in people's minds or lives it's easier to explain now because yeah we just say we do cooking videos on youtube <laughs> well now if you've been on facebook in the last two years you've seen a million cooking videos so that's definitely helped right. you guys out absolutely that's all facebook was until uh, november 8th it was all cooking videos and <laughs> since the, since yeah. then it's uh, changed a little so bit true. as we'll say <laughs> <laughs> and so once you describe that to them what's the most common reaction that they have oh cool i'll have to check you out <laughs> It's still a novelty. Like yesterday at one of the work events that we had, I finally told someone that I've known after like two years. And they're like, I saw one of your videos. I was like, oh, you did? How? And they're like, someone showed it to me. I said, oh, cool. What do you think? And they're like, that's really cool. Like, I never knew. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't know. No, I know what you mean. It's hard to find that balance between you know, telling people about it, but not feeling like you're trying to promote it or yourself. And, you know, it's just yeah. like the podcast. It's something I do that I enjoy that I think other people like, but you mm -hmm. know, it's not my full-time job and it's, uh, you know, I'm not trying to, if I'm telling you about it, it's not because I necessarily hope that you don't listen. It's just, yeah, this is what I do, you know? Yeah. 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 And it's kind of different from what everybody else does too. I mean, at least within our circle of friends, there's no other YouTubers or something. So it's, it's hard for them to really understand it's like wait what do you mean like what i remember back in 2013 when you know like youtube was people still had the conception of it was like singing cats or like babies <laughs> like stuff like that they're like what kind of stuff do you post i'm like oh cooking videos <laughs> cooking videos yeah that's funny so what's a uh... We talked about a basic day in general, but when you're getting ready to shoot and edit and everything, what's a basic Sunday like for you guys? We usually have everything set up and we film and that takes a few hours. And then depending on the daylight, we would shoot the photography for the food. Otherwise, I would have to remake everything over <laughs> right. to shoot the beauty shots. And then Nate starts his editing and Nate, how long does the process take from, you know, once it's shot, how long does editing and getting things up take? It can take up to eight to 10 hours per episode. So usually Sundays I'm scrambling to get it out on time. 
And it's especially tough during football season <laughs> because I can't watch any of the games. Right. Even on Super Bowl Sunday, I was editing, but that's okay. It's a good um, incentive to have a deadline. Yeah, deadlines work whether or not I like them. So edit all day, eight to ten, eight to ten hours typically. Yeah, I've heard it uh, said about Saturday Night Live. I, there's a Lauren Michaels quote that you know the show doesn't go on because it's ready. The show goes on because it's eleven thirty. <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah, doing these, I tell people, you know, recording it is the easy part. Editing it is the hard part. You know, editing takes at least two hundred and fifty percent of the time because you. You know, you make a slight change, you listen to it, and then you make a change, and then you listen to it again. And uh, you guys got to line up the video part, too, which uh, I don't I don't envy. <laughs> <laughs> Eight to ten hours. That's that's about what I expected. So I. Yeah. So if you how many times have you had to remake the food to take the beauty shots? Um, Surprisingly, not that often. Good. Um, we kind of have a system down where we can finish the video shoot and rush out to take the, the photography for it so mm -hmm. it's it's harder in the winter time because it gets dark so fast so i feel like all of december and january i had to remake everything but for the most but if it's like a baked good then i don't have to do that because it holds right. but like stuff like the smoothie that was that, that took a long time <laughs> <laughs> we, made, we made those we twice. made we made those more than Twice. It was like twice. three times. And there were seven of them, so that's 21 yeah. at least. That was a lot. A lot that was a, a big lot. episode. <laughs> but but, it, it, but it, it worked out. Yeah, People it paid really off. liked it. What are your guys' grocery runs like? Oh. We shop at the stores ourselves. We do Instacart. We do Google Shopping. Yeah. We do every... Amazon. <laughs> whatever. And we physically go. <laughs> so. Yeah. However, you can get all the food to you in the most efficient way possible. <laughs> it's not that efficient. I mean, I'm glad Instacart and like Google Shopping Express exist, but they don't always carry the right ingredients. Mm -hmm. And so I have to go and find it myself. So <laughs> it makes it hard. That's what she was doing this morning. Oh, finding ingredients. She was shopping for uh, the right ingredients. Yeah. So you mentioned throughout the week you're thinking about what you're going to cook and doing some research. And how do you? <laughs> how is it that you decide? I mean, you mentioned seasonal, but how do you decide what you're going to cook this week? You know, what do you think people want to know about? And how do you kind of plan that out? Typically, whatever I like to eat, and I cook almost every day. So that gives me an opportunity to test recipes. We also started meal planning for a little bit, but I mean, it's been so busy and we've been traveling, so we haven't really been able to meal plan. It's hard. But yeah, it is. But um, I always try to make something fast and easy. So I kind of relay that back to our audience. Whatever I find that is really delicious. I'll share it with them. Mm -hmm. We feel like we have a pretty good grasp on who our audience is and sort of what sort of value we can provide to them in terms of food ideas. Mm -hmm. So meal prep's a big one, like she talked about, because, you know, our audience is, are probably late college, early young professional females, and they might not have a lot of time or a huge budget. So we really try to cater to that those needs and fit the food idea and content around their schedule. And judging from the comments on your videos, it definitely seems like the viewers uh, like to engage with you and you guys definitely engage back with them. And I, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, it's fun. I feel like even though I've never met them, a lot of them comment on such a regular basis that I, that I feel like I know them. Like, I don't know. It's really fun. It's like your friend commenting on stuff. 
Have you been recognized in public yet? Yeah. How many times? <laughs> uh, over 10, I don't know. All right. <laughs> Randomly, too, in the most yeah, random places. It's always when I'm traveling. I remember when I did a site visit for work, there was a group of high schoolers on there, like spring break or something like that. Um, and they're like whispering to each other, like just looking at me. And I'm like, <laughs> uh. Hi. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> and then they're like, they're like, are you on Tastemade? I said, yeah, I've been on Tastemade. And they're like, oh my god, I watched it. It was cute. It was like, uh, it was awkward because I don't know, you know, like it's weird. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> but it's really nice that they say hi. Um, a lot of people have like stopped me even like in a hotel lobby in San Diego to say like she and her mom has like watch our videos and stuff so it's really nice to see that i think it just like i'm such an introvert in real life that it's really <laughs> i'm just shy <laughs> i think it's really funny sometimes she'll just be watching and she'll feel eyes on her and then we go home or we go back to our hotel and she gets like a message on saying Instagram. Yeah, we're saying like i think we've seen we saw you eating at a restaurant <laughs> or we saw you walking with your dog <laughs> Yeah. So we kind of get the after the fact recognitions. It's pretty funny. (laughs) So what are you trying to say or do with the channel? What are you trying to bring to people's worlds? What are you, how are you trying to inspire people and, you know, help people find better ways to do things? What's kind of the overall mission of Honeysuckle? I think just to inspire them to cook for themselves and, to figure a way to make their lives easier with delicious foods. Obviously, we all have to eat, and it's better to make your own food than to go buy it or, you know, I mean, it gets expensive, and it's not the healthiest. I grew up with a dad that was always sick with, like, um, heart problems, cholesterol, and stuff. So for me, I learned very early on that eating healthy is really important. And so I always try to incorporate like a healthy spin to things or try and, I mean, I always feel like cooking at home is healthier than going to eat out, obviously. Mm-hmm. So to make it fast, to make it easy, to make it delicious, for me, that's all I really look for in my own cooking and food. So hopefully I inspire them to do the same. And plus a lot of the YouTubers or the people watching YouTube are so young that if I can inspire them to do, to cook the way that like Martin Yen or Giada had for me, I think that's like really nice. <laughs> yeah, did them on it young and hopefully it stays with yeah, them forever. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun hobby and it's really rewarding just after you finish making something delicious to share with people and having creative. them like it. I don't know, it's a really good feeling. Yeah, and like Nate said, it's creative too because I always put my spin on any kind of dishes that I make. Now you mentioned you're a little bit of an introvert, but you've also mm-hmm. got this creative side and what was it like getting up the nerve to turn the camera on and be in front of it and talk about yourself and what you're doing and how how did that go? And it seems like you, <laughs> it seems like you got pretty comfortable pretty quickly and your personality definitely comes through in those videos. How long did it take you to kind of get there? Well, you saw the first video. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a little nerve wracking. I I was. I mean, I obviously was scared to get in front of the camera, (laughs) but I was really inspired by 
my idols you know giada is such a pro at it and mm -hmm. so i just really studied her and just like well what would giada or Ina do you know and they have this presence that just kind of like brings you into whatever they're making so i just kind of studied them and i learned and i guess that's just <laughs> i tried to teach myself to be more confident so what's been the biggest triumph so far i think hitting three hundred thousand mm -hmm. subscribers was really rewarding for us that was you know being able to reach that many people obviously we definitely want to try to aim for a million yep. but uh just growing our audience and making that connection as far as we've come i think that's been really triumphant <laughs> Three hundred thousand. that's one out of every thousand people in america so think of it that way oh wow yeah it's pretty cool how about some of the partnerships you know starbucks crockpot you know, honest company, there's some big names, you know, how do you go about getting linked up with them? You know, how does that come about? And how's that work? They typically reach out to us. And all of the projects have been great. Like, you know, they, they give us a lot of flexibility. And it's really what we want to put out there, we wouldn't want to yeah. just be a commercial for them. Mm -hmm. Right. So and more and more I'm starting to get just various brands approaching us wanting to integrate. And I don't work with everyone that emails right. us. Literally it's been almost like every day someone emails, but we're really selective about who we work with because I want to be authentic. I want to make sure that it fits our channel, our audience mm -hmm. would enjoy the product or at least I enjoy the product that I could feel confident promoting or you know like just telling people about so definitely um there's there's been a lot more that we've said no to than we've said yes to yeah I mean you're not portraying a character on these videos you're being yourself so mm -hmm. you know the partners that you work with have to be something you believe in and something that you would use in your real life because you're you're definitely your authentic self on these videos that definitely comes mm -hmm. through so it, yeah. You know, you definitely want it to be authentic when it comes to who you work with. Definitely. Going forward, how do you define success for yourself? Is it continuing to do this? Is it being able to do this full time? Is it being the next Food Network star or oh whatever, going on Chopped? I mean, what <laughs> what's what are some goals for yourself from here on out? I think for me... Just having a show on Food Network would be like a dream come true. <laughs> I probably would never participate in Chopped or a Next Food Network star, mostly because I know the pressure. I don't do well under like those types of comp competition stuff, uh -huh. so <laughs> not gonna subject myself to that. But uh, yeah, having a show on Food Network would be a dream come true. I started watching Aisha Curry, okay. Steph Curry's yeah. wife. On there and um yeah i'm just like oh my gosh it's like a dream she's from the bay area too so that was really uh awesome to see her get there but yeah that would be my dream and then i think um well with the baby on the way i hope to be able to continue the momentum that we've had mm -hmm. and be able to kind of grow with our audience and hopefully inspire other new young moms um of recipes that hopefully will help me out as well. We're just trying to balance everything right now. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. You mentioned knowing the pressure that those people are on on those shows. Have you been on one of those shows or have you been in some of those situations? I've never been on one of those shows. Okay. No, I've never, I've never wanted to be just because <laughs> I don't 
want to. <laughs> um, but I mean, just like my work is a lot of pressure in itself. And I just know how I manage with stress and having like a camera on you and having all that kind of extra pressure. I feel like I'll burn my hands off or something. <laughs> or cut yourself <laughs> real bad. Or yeah. It happens every now and then someone cuts themselves bad on one of those shows. Yeah. It, it always happens. Yeah. I'll cut my finger off. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned keeping the momentum up. When was it that you guys really felt like you had something going? You know, was it a specific series that you did or was it a specific recipe that really took off? When was it that you felt like you really found found your place and kind of kept it rolling? I think it was the toast video. No, the macaron video did really well early on. I think it was early on just releasing every week. We felt there was growth mm -hmm. and we just had a sense that if we stopped – because we stopped before. We stopped between 2009 and 2012. Mm -hmm. That was a long break, too. I feel like, darn, if only I would have kept going, that probably could be my career right now. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those macarons are crazy. It's funny. Uh, on Valentine's Day the other night, my wife and I went to a little macaron shop at the mall around the corner. And they were delightful. But on the wall, they had the directions. You know, oh. it, and it was all of the steps, and I was like, "Oh my god, I you could never make these at home." Oh my god! And then, but then uh, doing the research to talk to you guys, it's like, "Oh no, you you can make these at home." <laughs> if you do, I recommend the Italian method. It's a lot easier. It's, it's a definitely lot. a challenge, and I think that's why there these videos, not just ours, but there's a lot of macaron videos. That so have well. a lot of views. It's because it's like the it's that unicorn. It's the <laughs> the holy grail. Yeah, yeah. It's... I have to tell you though, before making that video, I mean, just because I really wanted to learn how to make macarons, it probably took me like fifty to a hundred tries to oh, really wow. get it right. I was after work every night, and it was kind of like a stress reliever for me too. I would bake every night. I would try to do it again, do it again. And my um, my test was to make it not hollow and the insides were perfectly chewy. Right. I mean, I could always get the feet, but having the perfect consistency and not having it like flatten out on me was yeah. a challenge. So every night for like two months <laughs> was that the hardest one has there been anything else that you really i mean it looks you made it look easy on camera and here it is here i made it but <laughs> behind the scenes how many anything else that really took you a little a few tries to get right i think that was probably my hardest one um souffles are always a challenge anything french baking yep. <laughs> souffles were a little bit challenging as well just to get the right puff but no, I think everything else I'm pretty comfortable with. Okay. We talked about Beta's Triumph. How about any disappointments or any failures along the way? For for the channel, for just cooking, I we definitely don't release anything that we're not 100% happy with. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have scrapped a few episodes just uh, because it didn't turn out the way that we wanted it. So... Just I Nate has really high standards, and we both do just to make sure we put our best foot forward, mm -hmm. um, and not show anything that we're not a hundred percent proud of. So yeah, there's been a few. So you conquered the macarons. What's the next holy grail? What's the next uh, real challenge? I think it would be another epic twenty-five something video. That would be fun. We're trying to figure out what. We're trying to figure out the right. 
the right sort of formula for it, but it's going to be another like a long list video. Okay. No, not formula because I mean, there's just something. I mean, every year there's something trendy. Like obviously, you said Toast is having a moment right, right. now, and so I like to put my own spin on it too. So it's just trying to figure out what it is. That video, the creative end for that, kind of just came to me overnight. I started making a list of what I wanted to put on my toast, <laughs> and it took maybe like two days, a day or two, to kind of brainstorm, and it, and it just came together so beautifully. So I think once that like light and inspiration comes to me, it'll just happen. <laughs> if this hadn't worked out, if you did the videos and no one was watching them you know, what do you think you'd be doing? Would you have kept going or would you have found another creative outlet? What do you think would be happening now? That's a good question. That's hard to say. We've been doing this since 2012, every week, working together. I think we're very fortunate in that, you know, digital video, digital media is still on the uptick. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies are moving that direction. So we're lucky that we're in a space that still has so much potential in front of it. So if video was like a dying business, like publishing or something, we probably would find something that, you know, had, had potential like anybody. We'd have to adapt. Yep. I actually used to work in publishing and it was a dying business mm -hmm. and they were really trying hard to get into the digital space. So, I mean, I know what it's like to kind of be on the opposite end, but you really have to adapt to what's new. I mean, it's like technology, right? Like you have to be relevant. You have to be, um, stay on top of like trends. So I think we would have to kind of figure it out. I don't know what that is, but yeah. Yeah. All right. We're in the home stretch here. Uh, just a few more mm -hmm. questions I'd like to ask everyone. What do you guys like to do for fun? You know, I know it sounds like this takes up a lot of time between working and figuring <laughs> out what to cook and grocery shopping for it. But in the free time you do have, what do you guys like to do? Oh, we have a border collie and he keeps us really busy. So any chance we get, especially when the weather's nice, we'll take him out hiking. I love hanging out with my dog right now. He's up in Tahoe with his god parents and his <laughs> his other border collie buddies he's going up to the snow for the first time um so i really miss him but i love playing with my dog and i love shopping so i'll go to the mall and just see what's there <laughs> yeah i uh, i feel you there i'm uh, i've been doing the hat thing for a while you know i talked to your guys friend alex uh sf grippy from episode 13 and as i've gotten into the hat thing i've started getting into the sneaker thing it's uh it's dangerous i i i've got a pro i got a real problem <laughs> yeah yeah anything you're excited about right now any movies you just saw books you're reading shows you're watching anything like that new albums i i love bravo that's kind of my guilty pleasure so like real housewives um <laughs> that's what we watch um but you have a ton of new cookbooks yeah i actually have a ton of new cookbooks um that i like looking through just to see what's delicious out there um i love watching cooking shows triple d is one of my favorite and then sometimes we'll like if it's nearby we'll go okay and try the place Bay area check, oh there's a show up here called bay area check please uh, where they feature just local restaurants and they have people come on and kind of talk about what dishes to get so we love trying new food and we'll try to go there you mentioned triple d i i have to admit 
Guy Fieri <laughs> is one of my least favorite humans on the planet. Why? He's so awesome. I feel like I would have a lot more fun hanging out with him than like Anthony Bourdain. I don't know. There's just something about his uh his everything. It's like nineteen ninety nine called and it wants everything about you back. It wants your it wants your bleach tips and your earrings and your greaser shirts and I don't know. I uh yeah. I don't know. He's a character. He's sure. definitely a character, but I love all the places that he goes to. His extreme so attitude. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, he actually um, came to, it's called Celebration Weekend. I used to work for Sunset Magazine, and that was before I started there, but everyone said he was really cool, like in real, in real life. So I'm like, oh, okay. He seems like a nice enough dude. I don't know. It's yeah. it's one of those yeah. irrational things. Like, I also irrationally hate Bette Midler. I have no reason why. There's just <laughs> something about her that bothers me, and every time I see yeah. her, I just get mad. I, I don't know. I, I can't no, even... I few of those people like celebrities that bother me too i get it for whatever reason just rubs you the wrong yeah. way yeah <laughs> so who's yours i don't want to say oh come on i feel like people like no i don't want to say <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right you'll just leave me hanging out there okay <laughs> nick can tell you who he, he doesn't like i'll put the pressure on him <laughs> i like everybody yeah <laughs> With all that we've talked about, what inspires you guys to keep going? How do you keep yourself motivated to do these every week? I feel like if I were to stop making them, I'd let a lot of people down. I mean, I know that sounds really weird because I feel like there's other people they can watch, but I've developed a friendship, a relationship with the audience over the years, so I feel like I can't can't stop. Like These are kind of like my internet friends, you know? So I, I feel like... They keep me going. They motivate me. And they're always like, please don't stop. Please don't ever stop. So that really helps me feel supported and motivated um, to continue on with this. And also just seeing, you know, our recipes do well, that they come out good. The production, the video. I mean, it's something we're really proud of at the end of the day. So I think, you know, that's a reason to keep going. Just it's our art. It's our craft. Um yeah. If you could go back to the start of the journey, anything you'd tell yourself? Don't stop from 2009 <laughs> to 2012. <laughs> My mom always tells me now, like, keep going. Every time I have like a video that gets a lot of views or something that we're really proud of, she'll be like, keep going. And, you know, like she's our little cheerleader. So I would say, yeah, don't don't make that same mistake. <laughs> Lastly, any last words of advice? Life, art, creativity, anything? Do what inspires you and do what you love. I mean, for me, I have a lot of different interests. Food, fashion, um, natural beauty. Beauty is my new thing. Like, I recently learned how to do my makeup correctly. And so now I've been watching, like, uh, Charlotte Tilbury YouTube videos just to see how she does them. And I'm, like, obsessed we started another YouTube channel. It's called Wild Honeysuckle. Okay. That includes more of like the fashion, the beauty, the. It's more gonna have life. yeah. It has more personal life content. Okay. On there, so yeah. Hopefully, that's gonna be our next expansion. <laughs> no, I wouldn't call it an expansion. It's our next uh, project. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully I can share my experience of becoming a new mom with other people and we'll see where, yeah. And, and it's nice on that channel because a lot of, um, 
we we told them about our pregnancy like the behind the scenes what really happened the day i found out i was pregnant on there mm-hmm. and it was so nice because i got so much support i mean it wasn't like your conventional um reaction <laughs> to finding out that you're pregnant and people were like i could really relate because i felt the same way i reacted the same way and it's so refreshing to see you show that i'm like oh thanks because i was really scared to show that i mean i'll let you watch it and you'll see what i mean but yeah i feel like a a deeper connection with people on that channel too so i definitely once i have the time want to continue posting on there well thanks guys for coming on the show this has been awesome the the videos are great the recipes are great your like i said your personality definitely comes through and it's evident that this is a passion for you it's evident that you love cooking it's evident that you care about people and you feel like this has made your life better and you want to help other people feel the same way. That all definitely comes through. And it, we talked about authenticity and I think that these videos are 100% you guys and it's awesome to see you guys doing that good work. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Brett. Nathan and Zung can be found on YouTube and Instagram at Honeysuckle Catering and also their new channel, Wild Honeysuckle, and on the web at HoneysuckleCatering.com. Their videos come out Sunday nights at 7 o'clock Pacific time. So keep an eye out for that. This has been the Maslow Peak Podcast presented by Spring State Media Group. Our producer is Jesse Edmond. If you like what you heard today, you can find all of our episodes on the web at themaslowpeak.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or SoundCloud to have new episodes automatically pushed to you. You can also check out our Instagram at the Maslow Peak for behind-the-scenes details. Like us on Facebook and Twitter at the Maslow Peak. Thanks for listening, and you'll be hearing from us next week.